listening to Is This Actually Healthy? This is your host, Juliana, here with another episode of my show. I have some very exciting content I'm going to present to you today. It's going to be me doing a book review. I've actually recently read this book. I ordered it off Amazon. And the reason I wanted to read it is because it is by Dr. Robert Davis. I had Dr. Davis on my show back on episodes 17 and 18, if you'd like to check it out. We were talking about his most recent book called Super Size Lies. That book was absolutely a game changer. I loved that book. So I wanted to read another book of his to see what else he has to say about different nutrition and health claims. The book that I'm actually holding in my hands right now that I want to talk to you about today is called Coffee is Good for You. And this book is all about dissecting different myths or different beliefs regarding certain nutritional claims. So does one food do this? Is one food unhealthy? Is this food actually healthy? Things like that is everything that this book covers. I highly recommend it. I read it in two days because I just was blown away by some of the facts I found in this book. The book is... A pretty short read too, so if you're interested in something that's not a huge commitment, you can get these punchy nutrition facts with a minimal amount of pages. This book was what I think Dr. Davis does best, is really pulling apart what we think we know versus what we actually do using real scientific evidence. So the evidence that is discussed in this book that's all brought together and synthesized comes from either cohort studies, The gold standard meta-analyses, also randomized control trials, all of the studies out there that exist around a certain claim, Dr. Davis has brought together to give an educated output on what is actually true versus not. There are all kinds of claims in this book, but for this episode, I'm just going to cover 10 of the ones I found most surprising or interesting. It's kind of a fact or fiction health claim, and I'll go through each one. That way we can walk away today and you can take with you some surprising new information to pass on to people in your inner circle. So the book was divided into 10 different sections that broadly encompass different kinds of areas, including like food and drink or sugar and spice, fats, carbs, So I'm just going to take one from each section to keep it diverse. So the first health claim that I'm going to talk about is going with the book title, Is Coffee Good for You? Now, shortly speaking, the research points to definitely yes. I really like how this was the title of the book and that this was one of the first things that the book talked about because I've certainly heard people in my life tell me that they cut out coffee because it's bad for them. But really, if you consume coffee in a normal manner, so you're not drinking two pots of coffee a day, you're not drinking six to eight cups, something ridiculous. If you're sticking within the normal consumption ranges of coffee, then the caffeine that it gives you as well as the antioxidants are actually really beneficial for you. And they can actually speed up your metabolism a little bit so that you have a clearer mind and also a more energized body to take on the day. Now, the only reason your coffee would be unhealthy for you is the additives to it. Number two, is olive oil the most healthy type of vegetable oil? 
The research also pointed to no on this one. I know a lot of um, nutritionists like to recommend that you cook your vegetables or that you use olive oil for most of your culinary needs. And olive oil is definitely great for you. It's not bad. If you consistently use olive oil, then it's definitely a better alternative than, say, butter. But the claim around this is just that compared to other types of oils, like your classic canola oil or some of the more out there oils like sunflower oil, rapeseed oil, whatever it may be, these actually all fall into about the same category. There isn't one that's a super oil compared to another. So I found that pretty interesting. Olive oil's not the top tier oil that you should you should have. You know, all these are pretty good, apparently. Number three, do carbs make you gain weight? Based on what we've talked about on this show, I think the answer to this one, which Dr. Davis agreed with me, is no. Carbs do not make you gain weight. They have four calories per gram. That's the nutritional load of carbs. And that is comparable to the nutritional load of protein and less than the nutritional load of fats. So the fact that, oh, carbs make me fat, I have to cut out bread because it it makes me gain weight. No, it's just the calories that come from those carbs that will do that. And if you're putting yourself in a calorie surplus by eating a lot of refined carbs and sugars, that's going to be the component that's making you gain weight, not the carbs themselves. Take number four, is aspartame unsafe? We know all about the claims that circle around there about how aspartame causes cancer, about Diet soda is definitely worse for you than regular soda because of all the terrible health effects of aspartame. But across the academic and scientific literature base, there's actually no clear-cut evidence that aspartame is bad for you. So I often get a little bit demonized for this when I say I'm so into health, but that I still enjoy an occasional diet soda. People look at me horrified like, but didn't you know that aspartame causes cancer? Didn't you know it does this? And my flat out response is that until I see more clear cut evidence of that, I don't see any damage in it. And the literature does support that when when I use that as my argument. Number five, are raw veggies more nutritious than cooked veggies? This is sometimes true. It depends on the vegetables, the nutrients, and also the cooking method. For instance, if you take vegetables and you um, boil them in a pot for hours on end, you could actually lose some of the nutrients because they leak out into the water. But if you're doing a rapid steam of vegetables or a stir fry, there really is no reason that the vegetables would lose any of their nutritional value. Even if you pull them out of a bag in the freezer, frozen vegetables aren't shown to have any reduced nutritional content compared to regular vegetables. Number six, is red meat bad for you? And the literature definitely points to yes. Multiple scientific studies have linked the consumption of red meat to colorectal cancers. Red meat consumption actually leads to the production of N-nitroso compounds. Yes, that is N-nitroso compounds, which are potential carcinogens. And plus, the high saturated fat in red meats also increases the chance of heart disease, which we've all heard that before, especially in processed meats. So anything 
Um, the most processed meat I could think of is, say, a hot dog. These are certainly linked to negative health effects. So they always tell you to eat less red meat, and I definitely agree with that. It's not good for you. Seven, milk is necessary for strong bones. This is also false. Studies show no connection between milk and having stronger bone density. I was always told that as a kid. I drank milk all the time as a kid because it was supposedly for my bone health to give me the calcium and vitamin D I needed. But there are so many other sources of calcium and vitamin D. Even plant-based milks are fortified with these things. So the fact that you have to have cow's milk to have healthy bone density, there's no science actually backing it. And in fact, dairy products, uh, as pointed out in the book, have been linked to certain cancers. So that's something to think about as well. Number eight, this was on the section about vitamins. Do B vitamins give you energy? I've seen this on some different supplement brands because I've looked into supplementing with B vitamins before. It will say sometimes on the label that it can boost metabolism or it can boost energy production. And this might be the case, but the supplement industry does not have definite evidence to be able to claim that that's a fact. The B vitamins that your body takes in goes through metabolic processing and through its molecular pathways, then it could be related to energy production, but it does not give you energy. If you see B vitamins added to an energy drink, and then you feel like you got an energetic boost, that's probably due to the caffeine in the drink, not the B vitamins themselves. So I found that pretty interesting. Number nine, are GMOs harmful? The research also says no on this. Most processed and even natural foods these days are genetically modified organisms or some kind, there's some kind of selective modification that makes them bigger, grow faster, or give them high nutritional value. And although GMOs sound alien to us, that's why all of this stigma goes around GMOs and that, oh, well, they have to be unhealthy. It's, it's not natural. The research really doesn't show that adding these components to our foods makes them harmful in any way. 10. Do you ever need to consider doing a detox diet for health reasons? I've looked into this before. I've, I can't say I've ever done a detox diet, but I've heard of some crazy ones where you go for a couple days just eating celery juice and lemons. All of these crazy types of diets that are just programmed to cleanse the body so that it can get rid of all of the backup. But... Our bodies are designed, as pointed out in the book, we are designed to regulate and clean our own internal systems without the aid of an extreme juice diet or some extreme colon cleanse. Whatever it may be, detox diets are definitely just a fad. Okay, so those were the 10 most interesting claims that I took from this book. If you want to read it, you too can order it off Amazon. The author is Dr. Robert Davis. And just a reminder, the book is called Coffee is Good for You. It has coffee is bad for you, but there's an X through the bad. So uh, it's actually coffee is good for you. I think the book was such a good read because it provides a full list of citations at the end. 
So I really think that it's credible and it's not biased towards the results of single studies. And that's how our nutritional knowledge base does move forward is bringing together lots of sources of information instead of just relying on what we see from single studies, which unfortunately biased articles on social media or just on a Google search are typically based on just this narrow scope. I'm going to conclude this book interview right there and I'm very glad that you've tuned into the episode today. As always, please rate this show wherever you're listening. Tell your friends, your family, people you know on the street. Get the word out there because that is how podcasts grow is primarily through word of mouth. I really enjoy putting together this show for you and I'd love to bring in more listeners to the show. Please follow me on Instagram at is this actually healthy with no punctuation. I would love for you to follow my content or connect with me. I really do like Instagram. I spend uh, quite a lot of time on there these days. So do find me there. That's where you can follow promotional content for my show as well. I wish you the very best with your nutritional journeys. I will see you again next time. Ciao, ciao.